What's really threatening harm to the U.S. banking system, and banks around the rest of the world for that matter, is something that we all know about, we all talk about, but unlike the previous bubble 15 years ago, the residential real estate bubble, subprime mortgage and all that, this one is even more economically sensitive. Therefore, as the economy gets weaker, so too does this sort of debt bomb, bank bomb, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking, of course, about commercial real estate. Again, everybody talking about it, everybody knows about it. It's in the Federal Reserve's latest financial stability report, which was got which got published a couple weeks ago. In fact, it was a key, key issue that Federal Reserve policymakers highlighted. And so you think, well, if the Fed's talking about it and everybody else is talking about it, then problem solved. Except we're all talking about it, but it may be too late to do anything about it. Thus, Silicon Valley Bank, Credit Suisse, all the rest. Because what happened, as I've said many times, that fundamentally the entire system got thrown way out of whack in 2020 and 2021. Many people bought into the idea that the government had created a recovery, a legitimate recovery, if not more, out of the pandemic mess. That by throwing a bunch of money at everything, everything would just magically work in the way Keynesians assume, where aggregate demand rises and it leads us all into this promised land. I mean, Warren Buffett said the economy was red hot. So of course people started looking for ways to take advantage of a red hot economy. And that led them to commercial real estate. And in addition, you had a bunch of investors who were convinced this was 70s style inflation, commodity, super cycle, all that stuff. So they bought commercial real estate without regard to thinking through any of the fundamentals, just hoping that it was a place to shelter in real assets, literally shelter in some in some cases. But, but as the economy more and more fails to live up to those expectations and that hype, you get into a situation where more and more you have to reevaluate these commercial real estate projects, which are which is not easy to do. Commercial real estate isn't like some financial security that you can just sell on the market tomorrow. Sometimes you're kind of stuck with it, and sometimes you're stuck with the consequences. But who exactly is being stuck with the consequences? That we know pretty well, too. We'll talk about that in the Financial Stability Report. But first, before I get to my bit first, but first, what the Financial Stability Report says is somewhat sobering. The, the, the um, table that shows you the, si the relative scale of these marketplaces. Um, page 14 of the, of the report, it shows that the commercial real estate marketplace is about $23.8 trillion in the Fed's estimation. $23.8 trillion is about the same size, in fact, almost exactly the same size as they believe the treasury market is. And it's a little bit less than half of the residential real estate market. So there's approximately, say, $24 trillion in commercial real estate out there, of which several trillion has loans and other financial funding requirements attached to it. But you have to wonder how much of that 23.8 trillion is also used to support other things in the financial system as well as in the real economy. We'll get to all of this, but first, the second but first, I'm Jeff, this is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, if you are interested, Eurodollar University has memberships and research subscriptions. The memberships, exclusive video content about the Eurodollar system, what it is, how it works, or how it doesn't work. Research subscriptions about what's going on 
today, what it means for tomorrow. That's both the macroeconomy as well as the monetary system and financial markets. What are these signals all telling us about all of these things? Information for you available, eurodollar.university. So back to the Federal Reserve's financial, or uh, yes, financial, financial stability report. I'm thinking about the, the, the PBOC's FSR, which is a little bit different. But the financial stability report, which came out earlier in May, so we're a couple months after Silicon Valley Bank. And again, everybody knows credit, commercial real estate credit is going to be a huge part of it. And the Fed's report says, well, here's, I mean, there's an entire section headlined, commercial real estate prices declined, but valuations remained high which is exactly the problem that all of any asset bubble in history goes through in the process of going from a bubble to a bust. Valuations stay high for as long as they possibly can, even when prices start to roll over, because there's always that innate financial human optimism that maybe we're going to get out of it. Maybe there's a way in which we can, someone will figure out a solution here somewhere. Maybe the economy will just magically reignite. I mean, China reopening, once China reopens, that's going to, oh no, that didn't work either. It's like Wiley e. Coyote over, uh, that's already off the cliff. Prices have already gone down. Gravity is starting to assert itself. Yet we convince ourselves into believing that everything will be just fine if we give it just a little bit more time, except for some Time runs out sooner than others. Silicon Valley Bank and, and those like it. What they said in this section, again, back to the Fed's report, aggregate commercial real estate prices measured in inflation-adjusted terms have declined. These prices are based on repeat sales and may actually mask growing weaknesses as more distressed properties are generally less likely to trade. So all of these lenders that are waiting on a second-half rebound see that these properties aren't working out all that well, and as they realize that there won't be a second half rebound, now they have to start doing stuff. They have to just start they have to start managing more than their risk. They have to manage their credit risk as well as their liquidity risk, their funding profiles, whether or not they want to be exposed to other commercial real estate and other related factors, not just strictly commercial real estate. As the report continues, while price declines were widespread across all property type, fundamentals in the office sector were particularly weak for offices in central business districts with vacancy rates increasing further and rent growth declining since the November report. So again, economic fundamentals, which in this case, commercial real estate, far more sensitive to conditions in the real economy, whereas residential real estate, People don't buy and sell houses necessarily based on macroeconomic factors. They do in, in certain respects, but commercial real estate is much, much, much more sensitive to changes in the real economy. And the changes in the real economy aren't of the good variety. We don't see things improving. As much as lenders are holding out hope that everything will be just fine, as they begin to see prices roll over and maybe prices of the more riskier assets roll over even farther and faster, it creates enormous stress and strain, which we happened to notice a couple months ago. The Fed also gives us some estimates about who is exposed. Again, this is nothing, this is not brand new information. It's sort of confirmation what everybody already expected, everybody already had anticipated. They say there's about three trillion in commercial real estate debt out there. 
Of that, 2.17 trillion is held by the banking system, which is their major focus. But it's not just held by the banking system, only about 280 billion uh, in category one banks. Those are the GSIBs or the globally systemically important banking, whatever. The GSIBs, category one, category two to four, if you're interested in what the categories are, I'll throw up a, a thing here. Essentially, these are just different classes of banks and who's exposed to wholesale funding and cross-border activities and things like that. But essentially, if you're a bank over $100 billion and have some wholesale funding exposure, you're going to be category one through four. But uh, categories two, for two to four, they have only about $340 billion in commercial real estate. That's still a lot. But in terms of systemic, looking at it from a systemic perspective, it's not all that much. It's 1.55 trillion that's held by banks who are not in categories one through four. So essentially, regional banks, which again, we knew this. One and a half trillion in regional banks isn't a one and a half trillion problem, though, even though it sounds like it is. Um, because as prices of commercial real estate fall, as valuations start to go start to be reduced to match prices, it's not about credit losses. It's about using these things and about how these things work in the monetary system. For example, now we're starting to get information about why maybe SVB wasn't able to access other forms of wholesale funding. Because if all you have is commercial real estate and the market already knows commercial real estate is a horrible risk, suddenly you have commercial real estate loans that you thought were worth X and maybe they're worth only a little bit less than X, but the market is valuing them at a lot less than X to protect itself from future declines, which everybody knows is likely to happen, if not inevitable. So we've got a one and a half trillion dollar problem, not in terms of credit losses, but funding issues for regional banks. And the rest of the system in the actions of not reacting to Silicon Valley Bank, not giving them funding, not giving funding to First Republic, even the Fed didn't. What the market is saying is that increasingly this stuff is likely being rejected. I mean, again, going back to the Fed's, Fed's report, many contacts saw real estate as a possible trigger for systemic risk. They're telling the Fed this, particularly in the commercial sector, where respondents highlighted concerns over higher real estate, higher, higher interest rates, valuations, and shifts in end user demand. Again, macroeconomic sensitivity. The worse the economy gets, the more sensitive they are to prices and valuations and using these loans or making loans or doing anything in the sector. Some market participants associated risks in real estate with the emergence of banking sector stress. No kidding, right? noting some bank exposures to underperforming CRE assets could prompt instability. Yeah, its name is Silicon Valley Bank. But it's not just the one, it's all the banks. And if the banking sector, those that are surveyed for this report, are telling the Fed this already, what do you think they're actually doing in their own activities? Just like I said before, and as I have said since mid-March, the lessons of Bear Stearns. Silicon Valley Bank may want to approach a dealer and say, I want to, I want to package some of these loans and, and create a, 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 a collateral swap so that I can get some funding. And the dealer's going to say, sorry, I don't want anything to, I'll do it, but the haircut's going to be so huge, it won't be really worth it for you. Uh, another regional bank might be willing, to, might be wanting to hedge its commercial real estate exposure, but what are dealers going to do? Same thing. 
And you say, I want nothing to do with commercial real estate. Or if, if I do give you some sort of hedge, it's going to be so costly, it won't make much sense for you to do it, which is sort of the point. And that point has been echoed in a number of ways. And just a couple days ago, there was an article in Bloomberg that talked about how Moody's had uncovered, according to its data, commercial real estate prices are already falling too. Uh, the headline of the, the article was commercial real estate prices in the U.S. fall for the first time since 2011. And apparently they found this out by going through, digging through courthouse records of transactions. But remember, like the, the Fed report already said, prices might be falling even more than we think because not a lot of this stuff trades. And maybe Moody's didn't uncover all of the courthouse records that would give us a representative sample. But according to their representative sample, prices of commercial real estate were falling for the first time in the first quarter. In the first quarter. Silicon Valley Bank didn't happen until near the end of it. But now it starts to make more sense. If the commercial real estate market is beginning to roll over in the first quarter, along with a whole bunch of other stuff where we're looking at the economy and thinking, yeah, the Fed says it's terrific, and maybe the January jobs report was good, but we know it's not, especially in commercial real estate. It is living is nowhere close to living up to the hype of 2021. Red hot economy, my foot. And especially with all the other economic considerations around the rest of the world. China reopening is a big one. Everybody said China reopening was going to be huge, and it turned out to be a dud. You can't afford to make those types of mistakes when you're actually investing in these things or running a bank in these things. So as commercial real estate in the U.S. got weak in the first quarter, of course it led to all sorts of problems, including systemic issues in money and liquidity. And of course, the Fed never saw them coming because the Fed doesn't ever see them coming. As the Bloomberg article included, the danger is that it will compound the difficulties confronting many banks at a time when they are fighting to retain deposits in the face of a steep rise in interest rates over the past year. Forget the interest rate stuff. Not about interest rates. As I've said before, it's not about selling treasuries. It's about why these banks are not able to close the loop of funding circulation. Deposits leave, fine. Borrow the funds back in wholesale markets because they're going to be available there. But if money market funds would rather just park their funds in repo on GC collateral or with the Federal Reserve at the reverse repo, they're telling you something that maybe you don't know about the bank's exposure or bank's problems related to commercial real estate. But as I said at the beginning, everybody knows this. Everybody's been talking about it. This is not new material, but it is becoming new material because we're starting to understand as the economy heads toward recession, commercial real estate being so economically sensitive, it becomes the self-reinforcing spiral, which is what's bothering the oil market. And because this is a global phenomenon, not just the U.S., that's why I, said, I mentioned yesterday the dollar is starting to focus in on Asia and China in particular. To that end, fallout from the commercial real estate sector, as fallout from anything, um, the Fed makes it seem like we've got this covered. In fact, that's the message they continuously send along with the government, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Don't worry about it. We've got it. So just to give you, uh, to end here, give you a little bit of flavor of how bad the Fed is at figuring out fallout from, well, first of all, figuring out the scale of the crisis. 
And then even when the the scale of the crisis is absolutely absolutely apparent to them, figuring out the fallout from the crisis, they are so bad at this. Let's go back to 2008. First, we're going to talk about Charles Plosser, who was the president of the Philly Fed. He said, given that my model is somewhat different from the staff's model, I continue to believe that monetary policy at its current level is accommodative. <laughs> it's always accommodative to these people. And that if the current stance is sustained, the economy will experience faster inflation in the medium term. When did he say this? Not in the aftermath of Bear Stearns. This was the day after they announced Lehman Brothers in September 2008. The Federal Reserve still was more worried about inflation. Sound familiar? Their models, here is, um, in early October, the revised forecast from the board staff as of last Friday is for real GDP to be essentially flat for the current current final quarter of 2008. Flat! The macro advisor's forecast from last weekend has flat GDP for the third quarter and a 2% annual rate of decline in the fourth quarter, followed by weak but positive growth in the first half of 2009. This was weeks after Lehman Brothers. The markets were melting down. The entire world frozen in liquid monetary panic, the likes of which we hadn't seen in four generations. And they thought, well, we might slice a little bit off of GDP. These people don't understand, understand the scale of the problem, and they have no way of... When they tell you that it's not going to be that big of a deal, the last thing you should do is listen to them. So we know commercial real estate is going to be a problem. It's already been a problem. Now we're starting to see the data that confirms all our suspicions and it confirms the market fears that it's going to get worse ahead. And as the Fed says, no, we've got it covered or the fall is going to be limited. Do not take their word for it because they have no clue, even though all the clues are in their own work. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, as well as all the MarketsInsiderPro.com research subscribers. And special thank you, as always, to the Eurodollar University members, all of you. And until next time, take care.